Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, Toronto writer and commentator. Twice a week, I offer my take on the world, from craven politics and unchecked ambition to secret sauces, bitter loss, and fist-pumping redemption. They're stories to live by. Quirky, high-style, tear-jerking, funny ha-ha, sometimes funny peculiar. My tales don't walk down the sidewalk and browse in the windows. They sneak into alleyways and come out onto different worlds. Alex Brown narrates each mini-podcast to bring to your ears what you see with your eyes in my twice-a-week blogs. And now, today's episode of Ramsey Writes. A Woman's Work Written by Bob Ramsey In 2009, Jean and I went to Afghanistan for two reasons. The first was to see the Cabell Widows Feeding Program in action and raise money for it when we returned. It had been set up by Care Canada before the Russians arrived, before the Taliban arrived, before the Americans and the Canadians arrived. Among Afghanistan's 38 million people are 2 million widows. Among Canada's 38 million people are 2 million widows. But that's where the similarities end. If you're widowed in Afghanistan, and chances are you'll be widowed young, you'll spend the rest of your short life on the street, abandoned by your husband's family, with no skills and unable to read or write, and likely with a baby in your arms. Even in this deeply misogynistic country, it doesn't look good to have widows starving on the streets. So the various governments have let NGOs feed them with money raised in the West and aid workers on the ground in Kabul and Kandahar. There were six of us in our group, plus our Care Canada rep, plus a security person from the Canadian Embassy. Jean and I also went to Afghanistan because we had an idea. Afghanistan has one of the highest maternal death rates. In 2019, for every 100,000 live births in Afghanistan, 638 mothers died. In Canada, that number was 10. At the time, Jean was still delivering babies at Women's College Hospital, which has a lot of retired and semi-retired obstetricians and family practice physicians who might, Jean thought, want to spend three months in Afghanistan delivering babies and helping Afghani doctors, particularly women Afghani doctors. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Before we left Toronto, she located a woman doctor to talk to when we were in Kabul. When we arrived, she was no longer there, but working in a rural clinic deep in the Panjshir Valley, which runs north of Kabul. But we decided to visit her anyway because, as The Guardian pointed out last week, describing the country's last holdout against the Taliban, it was a resistance stronghold for decades, first against the Soviets in the 1980s, then against the Taliban in the 1990s. It is still dotted with rusting tanks from the fights of those decades. So one morning, our UN source driver arrived in his jeep for the hair-raising two-hour ride up the Panjshir Valley, where we saw poppies growing out of those rusting tanks, and where Afghanis threw themselves into the ditches to save themselves from the oncoming jeep that was doing 60 on a road suited for 20. When we arrived at the health station deep in the narrow valley with its steep mountainous cliffs on both sides, we were greeted by a middle-aged man who spoke English. He was an ophthalmologist in charge of medical care throughout the valley. He welcomed us in and served tea. Beside him sat the woman doctor in her 30s who spoke little English. 
There was also a young boy of seven or eight, clearly the child of the woman doctor. There was no one except us, no nurses, no patients. Aside from a couple of rusty hospital beds, the only medical device of any kind seemed to be a decrepit incubator donated by USAID that was not plugged in. Our two-hour conversation was an exercise in naivety bashing and consciousness raising. It became clear the woman doctor was deep in the Panchir Valley because she was a single mother. Whether this was a punishment or a safety measure, at least she'd be safe from the Taliban. We didn't ask. But if she went further up the valley to an even more isolated village, at least she'd make more money. So why was no one using the clinic? Well, the Afghani men wouldn't allow their wives to be treated by a woman doctor. Nor, of course, would they ever allow themselves to be treated by a woman doctor. My sense is that it was all these two very polite people could do to not beat this fundamental reality into our heads. So we thanked them for their time and their hospitality, made a donation to the clinic, and headed back to Kabul. Oh, and on our final morning there, while the others went to interview a woman member of parliament, Jean and I met with a travel agent, because I thought that someday it would be great to take a group of Canadians hiking in the mountains there. I remember thinking to myself, how about an all-woman's trip? The others would pick us up at the travel agent's office, and we'd all head to the airport and home. Well, that meeting didn't go well either. I'd neglected to mention that I would be bringing my wife. So when they saw two of us getting out of the van, and not just me, they simply ignored her didn't talk to her, didn't look at her. And this was not the Taliban we were meeting. This was a travel agent who dealt with people from the West all the time. And speaking of the Taliban, when our meeting was done, our van with all its friends screeched to a halt. Our guide flung open the door and yelled, get in fast, we're being followed. So we threw ourselves into the van, which raced to the safety of Kabul International. As our security guy from the embassy told us on the way there, It seems the Taliban had been following us for the past three days. Clearly, we survived. But what didn't was our sense that anything could improve things in Afghanistan, especially for women. Invariably, when well-meaning, naive Westerners are asked to support causes to help people who need help desperately and who live on the other side of the world, the first reaction is cynicism. Then, the people with an idea like Canadian doctors saving Afghani mothers go there and they come back and they're on fire. Yes, we can do something. Yes, those women's college doctors can make a difference. No, we can't. Sadly, for us at least, the opposite was true. Yes, Afghani women have made enormous strides in the last decade. But please don't think the Taliban, flushed from victory, are going to start taking sensitivity training around gender advancement. Oh, and what happened to that woman member of parliament? Murdered a few years later for being a woman member of parliament. Today's Ramsey Writes was read by Alex Brown. For more information on Bob Ramsey, his work, and all the other things he does besides writing, go to ramseyinc.com. That's R-A-M-S-A-Y-I-N-C dot com. <laughs>